Welcome to the Period Queen podcast. My name is Lucy Peach, author of Period Queen, and I want you to have your greatest period ever. Well, well, here we are at the ultimate peak. Peak you, peak fabulous. This episode is dedicated to ovulation time. Come on. We are. Okay, I give up. Rather, I give in. Because in this episode, we're talking about the magic of ovulation and we're definitely all about. The woohoo! The give phase, the third phase, is amazing for networking, feeling the love and sharing it, i.e., call your mum. Great sex, more on that later. Great conversations, just great. From an evolutionary perspective, the whole point of ovulation is to attract a mate and procreate for the survival of the species. It's a very powerful time in your cycle. The surge in estrogen just before you ovulate has you on the lookout for a mate or success in any way that suits you. And now ovulation brings more estrogen and progesterone, named because it is pro-gestation and it helps sustain a potential pregnancy. So you can use this phase to nurture a brand new life or you can use it to nurture and give life to anything you choose. Right now, you have this powerful cocktail of hormones surging through your body and you can use it. Use it to connect, to communicate, to collaborate. This is the time to give. It begins when you ovulate on day 14-ish, depending on the length of your cycle, and you'll dine out on this post-ovulatory glow until around day 20, 21, or whenever you feel yourself crossing over into the dark side. Not really, but actually sort of. Once your hormones drop... But for now, it's time to bask in your own glory and share that sweet, sweet big egg energy. Joining us for the give phase with the icing on the cake that is you at ovulation is the delightful menstrual coach, Claire Baker. But first of all, let's talk about you. What day in your cycle are you on? What phase are you in? And have you told anyone yet about what you're exploring in your cycle? If you're in this post-ovulatory phase right now, your capacity for connection and communication is at an all-time high with the gift of the gab. So find someone you can talk menstrual with. Ask a friend to join you in life hacking your hormones and make it part of your language, i.e., how are you? Oh, I'm taking it easy. I'm day two in the dream phase and I'm feeling a bit tender. Or, mate, I'm killing it. I'm day eight, out of my way. I've got boxes to tick and things to do. Or, I'm day 16 and you look amazing. Come eat cake with me. Or, oh, day 26. I can't even. I'm locking myself away with some crayons. Right now, I'm day 13 and feeling pretty good about being out in the world and being seen. And to be honest, I'm feeling proud of myself. I just heard that my book Period Queen is now in Big W and Kmart. Attention shoppers, menstrual education is going massive in aisle eight. Am I fist pumping? Yes, 
Yes, yes I am. It was first sung to me Inside my mother Inside her mother to me And then I had my own Pearls by the thousands Stitched tight inside of me There's a good chance you've heard a lot about how to turn this part of your cycle off. So now... Let's tune in to the give phase and where it begins. Let's get back into your body. Long, long ago, before you were even born, your body was inlaid with buried treasure in your ovaries. Like a pair of purses packed with pearls, these immature eggs are the seeds of your power. Imagine them glowing and quivering in your pelvis, which may be actually happening if you're ovulating right now, and feel the weight of their potential The potential to create new life, big ideas, art, relationships, adventures, endeavours. And imagine this potential flowing through your body, out of your fingers and toes, and towards whatever lovely thing you're reaching for. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening, raise your arms up and outward and reach. Yes, yes. Call it in. Bring it in. If you ache for it, then reach for it. Soften your face into an easy smile. Take a big breath through your nose. And hum a little melody while you exhale. Bring your arms in to give yourself a hug and feel the vibrations in your voice, buzzing in your cheeks and on the skin of your face. And sing it in. In this moment, at ovulation, your body is like your full moon and you are ablaze with possibility. I give you Last week, powered by estrogen, you were beelining it up the mountain, plugging away at your most important missions for the month, maybe starting a new website, a new skill on a health kick or a big project. And now you've done the dreaming, you've done the doing. At ovulation, it's time to celebrate your wins and to give some of this goodness. You're still riding high on the ass-kicking capabilities of your pre-ovulatory week, but now Your edges have softened a bit and all you need to do is enjoy and share the fruits of your labour, hanging low and sweet on the tree. With piles of progesterone at your disposal, also known as nature's feel-good hormone, it helps you to feel relaxed and calm, better able to sleep, and it brings balance to the fastness and the furiousness of pre-ovulation with peak estrogen. In my book Period Queen, I talk about all the ways you can channel your ovulatory excellence, and one of them is to connect with the people that you love. So to that end, let's chat with menstrual coach Claire Baker. She is an absolute champion for menstrual cycle awareness and I highly recommend you follow her on Instagram for updates on her upcoming book, 50 Things You Need to Know About Periods, Know Your Flow. On the last full moon, I sat down with a glass of wine and I called Claire in London to share our mutual love of ovulation and we started as we always do. 
Lucy Peach, how are you? Look, I'm pretty good. I'm day 14, thanks for asking. And it's a full moon. Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. So is this ovulation for you on day 14? I fucking hope so. Um, (laughs) I think so, yeah. I mean, I had the mucus, like the slippery stuff on day 12, actually. And yesterday I had that sort of like, well, actually, no, that was more today that I had that feeling of like, you know, just when you feel like, oh, yes, everything's just... It turns out that I actually ovulated two days later on day 16 because my temperature went up by four tenths of a degree on day 17. But just before you do ovulate with a hit of testosterone to close out the do phase, you can feel superhuman, like I can actually slay. So when I spoke to Claire, I was in slayer mode, hence the which I guess is my slaying sound. But at ovulation, you really do reach the zenith, the peak of yourself. You catch your reflection and think, mm, forget about the glass half full, the thing is overflowing and you have the world on a string. Progesterone is what raises your temperature. I mean, you are literally on fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it's like the feeling of just having your shit together. You know, that one, the one moment in the cycle where I feel like I am on top of my life. <laughs> but let's be honest, it's not just having your shit together because that's like, you know, baseline you know where your pants and your keys are and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, it's not just having your shit together. It's like... You're right. It is like this cosmic alignment. Like, I am magical. Mm. I am a super woman. Like, I have... Yeah, I'm incredible. Now kiss my ass. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I'm day 21, so I am on the other side of that. Um, but it still lingers sweetly. I, <laughs> I still remember what that felt like. <laughs> it's not too far away. Still got a bit of the glow. Yeah. <laughs> How long's your cycle again? Oh, I'm pretty much 20, 28 days, sometimes 27. But in the last 12 months, um, I was having like 25, 26 cycle cycles there and I started working with a naturopath to just figure out what was going on and um yeah they're back up to 28 now so um, I honestly I feel really happy around that cycle length when I was having 25 days I sort of felt like I was being shortchanged. Claire's talking about the time between the end of her period and then the beginning of ovulation the time I call the do phase the time after ovulation to menstruation is usually pretty bang on about 14 days That's also called the luteal phase. But the first half of your cycle, menstruation up until ovulation, is where the rubber room is, as in it's flexible. Which bit felt like you got shortchanged in? Um, The spring. So my luteal phase was still pretty much 14 days. It was just that I was ovulating really early and I just felt like I was going just like, like straight from menstruation into ovulation and I felt like I wasn't having that like, gentle transition it was just like a really quick like out of the gates from bleeding straight to ovulating which just felt like way too much just the way you're saying that it sounds like how I've heard people describe like a really fast labor you know where you don't get that build up time yeah well it's not natural is it like to go straight from zero to ten and it's been yeah it's actually it's good to actually reflect on this now because it has been lovely to just feel that like lengthening out and to just feel a bit more I'm going to use the word balanced in my cycle than I was when I was having shorter cycles. 
I backtracked to ask Claire about her very first period. Oh, Lucy, I wish I could tell you this story. I don't remember. <laughs> That's a great story. I honestly... I love that. You're one of the most eminent menstrual coaches and you can't remember getting your first period. That's brilliant. I honestly can't. I have really... But that's, I mean, that just speaks to the whole, you know, idea that it has to be this magical moment and, you know, it was special and like, well, sometimes it just, it's just, it is a bit more perfunctory and it is just a part of your body and it's actually no big deal. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I think particularly when I was first diving into this work, it did feel like meaningful that I didn't remember it. And I kept sort of thinking maybe there is this, you know, maybe there's something here that's quite traumatic that I've like blocked out or I really wanted to remember it to have this story to tell when people ask, ultimately ask me that question, but I just don't. So there we are. For Claire, the journey really started after she came off the pill. I remember my first period coming off the pill. That feels like that was, I remember that. And that was after 10 years of not ovulating. And that was like, wow. I've like, I was, yeah, I was in a lot of pain. And um, I think I vomited. Like it was full on, but it was just so amazing. Like I cried. I was just so happy to get my period back. So like that period, I remember that almost feels like the beginning of my cycling years because I, went on the pill so quickly after starting my period anyway. I don't even think I had a year of bleeding naturally. Um, So that almost feels like when I think back to like when I first got my period, to be honest, it kind of feels like I was 26 because I don't really connect with myself as like a menstrual cycle having person from whenever my period actually started until now. Actually, like when I look back, the trajectory feels like it began when I came off the pill. Wow, that must have been incredible. Yeah, it was really emotional. It was. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Do you relate to that f- sort of whole thing that people say of, you know, it was like coming out of a cloud or it was like seeing things in Technicolor or losing the veil or... I think I've used all of those <laughs> adjectives to describe it. Got any new ones for me? Definitely the Technicolor one. Oh, my God, it was. It was just like, I am a different person I am not I'm such a different person yeah it was truly transformational for me and I know not everyone has that experience at all but um the pill obviously massively affected me so while her first period wasn't a major event for Claire having her first period after being on the pill for 10 years was a huge moment and an awakening and just as dramatic was her first experience of ovulating I asked her how she came to learn that her cycle was more than just having a period. Ovulation for me was just so visceral from the get-go. It was so different, also wet. Like the experience of like fertile cervical fluid was just astonishing. So I think that for me was like the first clear sign that my cycle was much, there was a lot more going on than just having my period. But um, when I came off the pill, I actually lost my period for a year. So it took 12 months from having stopped taking hormonal contraception to actually having that first bleed, having my, sorry, actually having a period. And so I had actually done a lot of investigating in that year because I was, to be honest, quite freaked out by the whole non-bleeding thing. And so I learned 
a lot in that year and read a lot of books and just did every like thing I could to understand what I was, I guess, even like what I was waiting for. Like I knew I was waiting for my period to come back, but I didn't really even know what that meant. So I think I did a lot of learning into like what ovulation was and what was going on with the cycle so that by the time my period did come back and I had that experience of like an embodied experience of having a menstrual cycle for the first time in a decade, I did have some framework to lean on. I had had been learning about what on earth like ovulation even was because to be honest I didn't really know I knew it has something to do with like an egg being released but in terms of how that's actually experienced in the female body I had absolutely no idea what to expect. It's amazing isn't it how we just sort of taught it in the framework of being able to have babies or not and you know that this whole thing can just be turned off if you don't want to have a baby and there's no conversation about how actually it fuels everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that my libido would suddenly, again, it feels weird to even say return because I I don't even feel like I have a pre-pill memory to even say what it was like before taking the pill. But that just was a thing suddenly. Like not having a libido had been such an issue in my past relationships with with men in my 20s um I've always felt like I've been quite sexually engaged but I just could never match like their libido at all and then suddenly like once a month I did I had this like really just strong primal urge for sex that I had really never experienced before so they were the like yeah ovulation for me was just and it still is like, it just is such a treat. And, um, so yeah, so I think identifying those two poles, like identifying like the bit where I'm bleeding and obviously having a period, which also felt so different to being on the pill and then ovulation. And then I guess the other, you know, the other phases sort of started to fall into place, um, and come into focus. So after coming off the pill, Claire was first aware of menstruating in a new way. And then the technicolor of ovulation But before we got into the sweetness of the treat, we talked about some of what can get in the way of the give phase. It's not always smooth sailing. That's not to say that it's always like an enjoyable like holiday, but the experience of it remains astonishing because it's so cool and it is so different to bleeding. Yeah. And it's interesting that you've just clarified that, you know, having ovulating isn't always a holiday or whatever. And it made me just click into, you know, like Christmas it's like, it's amazing, but it is kind of high pressure and there's expectation and there's a lot going on. And, you know, sometimes it's like a bit of a letdown and yeah. That's so great. I love that. Yes, it is. It is. There's so much build up to it as well. And Mm. if you're, yeah, if you're somebody who struggles there, I think it can feel like um, there's something wrong because there is a lot of if you if you're exploring menstrual cycle awareness, there is a lot of talk about ovulation being this like high point in the cycle, full of joy and sex and energy and confidence. Mm. But actually, it's it's not always like that. And for some people, it's never like that. And so I think it is important to say that yeah, some people love Christmas, some people don't like Christmas. Sometimes Christmas is great. Sometimes it's good and you know and not so good too. So it's yeah, it's um when I when I notice in myself that I'm exhausted at ovulation, which does happen, it's 
always a pretty clear sign that I've been burning the candle at both ends and that I've been doing way too much in my menstrual phase and and pre-ovulation for me personally. I love the Christmas analogy and I think sometimes just like it can be hard to soften into the dream phase during your period and really believe you are deserving of rest and tenderness, it can be just as hard to soften into the silkiness of the give phase and the belief that you absolutely deserve fun and to be celebrated. And maybe you don't want to soften into it and give because for whatever reason, you didn't invest your do phase energy in the way you'd planned in the pre-ovulatory week before, which means you can feel a bit out of step at ovulation. I find that there's often some confusion as well between the pre-ovulation and, and ovulation. And I love that you call it the do phase, that pre-ovulatory phase. Remind me, what's your word again for ovulation? Give. Give. Yeah. So perfect. Because what I can often see happen is that they kind of get confused and blended together. And so there's this like desire to be like all this sort of a decision to be maybe really productive with all of that ovulatory energy and to be doing a lot in that phase, which is great because you do have quite a bit of energy there. But what I love about ovulation is, yeah, is that giving and that generosity and the pleasure of that time. It's actually not my most productive time at all. And I, and I some do observe sometimes people getting really caught up in like trying to use that ovulatory energy to do, 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 um, which is different to give. There is, a, there is a distinct difference between those two energies. So I love those words for those two phases because there is a call to like an invitation in that pre-ovulatory phase to, yeah, get stuck into something, like get your hands dirty, invest in it, as you just said, and then and then enjoy the giving and the connecting and the sharing at ovulation, feeling a sense the of fruit. accomplishment for what you've achieved in the week prior. But you've really got to commit to it, don't you? Again and again, we're given the chance to learn that in every cycle, every phase has its merits, and that by being where we are, it sets us up for the following phases. If you're still gripping on to do when your body is saying, give, yes, give, you'll likely feel a bit hamstrung and ripped off. Deep down, you know you're worth celebrating and savouring, and that so are those you love. And it goes without saying that everyone else gets to enjoy your big egg energy too. I call this post-ovulatory time the give phase because this is when I have a full tank for family, friends, community, and no woman is an island. All of your goals and dreams will be made richer for bringing the people around you in and giving them some of your goodness. It all started from the sea This wild garden All these fruits are dead It has been something I've been working with is like, right, if ovulation isn't just all about work, 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 then what is it about? And for me, it's really about relationships. And I've just been loving being in my home and like nurturing my relationship with my partner, which is just my number one priority, really. And cooking and getting systems set up in our house, like getting the freezers stashed, getting the compost going in the garden, like tent. Like it was so lovely, Lucy, like using that ovulatory 
generous giving energy for something outside of my work, which often is where the attention gets directed. So actually like tending to bake some cakes and socially distance them off, dropped them off to some friends. And I made some essential oils for a girlfriend who has just given birth and made these like body oils for her and some bath salts. And the using that creative, like there is so much energy there, that generous giving energy of service and actually really like consciously last week but the whole week just yeah cultivating that within myself like that mothering nurturing loving energy it felt honestly just incredible actually to just devote an entire ovulatory week to that. I mentioned back in episode two that Red School encourage you to try at least once in your life a big bleed where you plan a really nice period for yourself and some time alone. Remember, if you want to do an online course in menstrual cycle awareness at redschoolonline.net, you can use Peach for your discount. And once you graduate from your big bleed, what then? I told Claire about a time when my partner was going away and when I checked the calendar, I realised I was going to be ovulating that weekend while I was home alone. My first urge was, who should I call? What should I plan? Who can I spend this on? It was like a reflex. And then I just thought, Actually, I'm going to have a weekend at home on my own and give all that juju to myself. And it was equally as amazing and restorative as a big bleed. I've never thought about that, but you're right. It's exactly what I did last week was like a big bleed, but like a big ovulation. Big ovulation. You went Yeah, I just had a big ovulation and it was was incredible. And I really feel like I really like reaped the rewards of that season because I said I'm day 21 now and um autumn like my autumn my premenstrual week is actually it's actually really productive for me normally I I love kind of getting stuck into stuff in this phase and um and I have been on fire the last few days I have had just such a focused productive um premenstrual you know sort of crossover into my premenstrual week um I feel great and I'm I've no doubt it has a great deal to to do with the fact that I I really enjoyed my ovulatory phase last week without without any pressure. It was just really blissful and lovely. My partner and I are often in a long distance relationship as well. We have times throughout the year when we're not together, and I do love those when I am away from him when I'm ovulating. There's a bit of grief there too because it's like oh god, you know, like I want to be sharing this with somebody. But like you were just saying. It's actually lovely to just be ovulating and to have all of that, yeah, that juju for myself. I think there's something really powerful in that. So the step beyond the big bleed. Love the one you Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So what Claire has noticed, and I relate to this too, is that by actually just allowing more enjoyment and generosity during the give phase, it sets you up for more productivity in the following phase when you're premenstrual. After talking about what we love about the give phase and what can get in the way, I asked Claire, what would it be like for ovulating people in an ideal world? In an ideal world, ovulating people would relish in the juiciness and the brilliance of that time and of themselves, like would just really get to be seen in how fabulous they are and worshipped they would be worshipped. In an ideal world, ovulating people would be worshipped um, and have the freedom to, yeah, to give and to connect and to share and be in community and love on, on others and be loved on in return and all of those other things we've, we've spoken about, to just really be in community um, in ways that we are so often not 
That brought a tear to my eye. On day 14, on the full moon. Yeah, this is your day to be worshipped. And we're done. (laughs) Goodbye, thanks for coming. Except we kept talking about how this phase can feel if you're trying to get pregnant. Yeah, it's something I'm often asked and it's not yet an experience I've had. How do you like reconcile this like really fraught relationship with your cycle when you're trying to conceive and and haven't? How do you then find a sense of relief at menstruation, which often can just symbolise like I'm going to use inverted commas here of, of like a failure of that cycle. And how do you experience the joy of uh, the potential joy and bliss of ovulation when there's so much pressure? And so I find that menstrual cycle awareness can be so helpful because then it's less about just like, when's the fertile phase? When are we trying to conceive? What does menstruation mean in relation to our fertility journey? And much more about getting to play and explore in the different phases and getting to like figure out who you are in each phase and letting it be more of like a journey of self-discovery rather than all about making babies. It's not easy, but I do think that this menstrual cycle awareness work can help do you think that it's helped you? I mean, I've had two miscarriages and I felt very sad and bereft when I started bleeding then. But I guess when you're trying to get pregnant, you know that you might not and you might. And so you're prepared for the possibility of bleeding. And I can honestly say that um, when it comes for me, it's it's like, oh, Oh, there's my friend. Like it doesn't feel like it's this betrayal or a failure. It just feels like it just wasn't the right time. And this, this, this connection that I have to my body and to my blood and to just surrendering every month is, is my constant actually. And, and that's something that's just really nice to have all the time in, in all the facets that it comes with. So Mm. And I suppose too, like there's, you know, trying to get pregnant, it's sort of like, you know, there's this element of just being like, I don't want to do what I, what someone's telling me to do when I'm supposed to do it, actually. So for me, there's like this trait of like, okay, I'll have like baby making sex, you know, when I'm ovulating, but when I'm premenstrual, then things get funky and that's on my time and I do what I want. Yeah, you know? Mm. I love that. Yes. Yes, that's so good. I love what you, yeah, you brought a little tear to my eye there with that talk of your blood at, at menstruation and, yeah, and getting it on, getting freaky in all of the other phases because it's, yeah, you want to extend that rela- that rela- sexual relationship with your partner to, yes, about making babies, but, man, there's so much more fun and pleasure and play to be had too, right? I finished by asking Claire what she most loved about having a menstrual cycle. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, look, as somebody who really battled with themselves in their teens and early 20s, and I really mean battled with themselves on a daily basis, menstrual cycle awareness has just given me so much freedom and... Yeah, freedom. It's given me so much freedom. You know, I never would have thought that having a period would, I think, and that's the, that's the like rhetoric, isn't it? That like a period is a curse and having a period is something that holds us back. Men are more free because they, they don't have, they don't bleed. Actually, for me, it's, it's been the opposite, like learning how to 
understand my cycle and get to know who I am in each of the four different phases and accept my inconsistency and my like changing nature and rhythm as actually a brilliant gift has has just afforded me so much gold and um, I'm so grateful for it. I every like I really am like the magic hasn't worn off you know I've been charting and learning and then subsequently teaching this for a long time now and the magic still hasn't worn off. I just love it and I can't wait to like move into perimenopause and then menopause and like all of the gifts that the cycle still has like there's still so much to come um so that's yeah it's just it's just such a gift it really is I'm so grateful for it and you're a bloody gift and I'm still psychically aiming towards our perimenopausal island retreat (laughs) Claire emailed me later and said wait when you asked me what to say what I wanted for ovulating people in an ideal world This is what I should have said. And I just wanted to add something because you see, I'm on cycle day 14 today and this is just about ovulation for me. And yeah, I have cooked epic feasts today for me, for my partner and even for our plumber today. Um, I have responded to all of my overdue messages from pals. I've cleaned the house. I have reached inbox zero. I took a bunch of books to our free community book library down the road. Like I've just, I've been on it. But the truth is there's no way that I can maintain this. So while I do think ovulatory women should be worshipped, of course, in an ideal world, I actually think it's more important that they aren't expected to maintain these superwoman levels of generosity, patience, resilience, and confidence all cycle long. And to remember, for all of us to remember that we are just as worthy and worshipable in all phases of our menstrual cycle. Because let's just say like one week ago, two weeks ago, one week from now, um, I was not and will not be feeding plumbers and colour coding bookshelves. And you know what? That is okay. That is okay. Which is a perfect way to segue into the almost end of this episode for real. The give phase can be a hard phase to let go of, but just as you do with every season of yourself, embrace it, enjoy it, and then look forward to your next phase. And be careful. I also call this phase the fuck yes phase. In the ovulatory week, your propensity to say yes to things is at an all-time high. There is so much goodness coming your way and you want it all. Why not? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you need to budget your care factor to last until you bleed and can then bank in some more. And if you skid into the next phase on empty when you're premenstrual, the final phase can be extremely challenging. So don't go looking at rescue dogs or offering to be a womb donor or making commitments that are so big they should be run through a whole cycle. I want to thank Modi Body for giving me the support to be making this podcast. And if you're in the give phase and feeling generous, why not give some Modi Body pants to a bleeding friend or to a charity like Share the Dignity that provides period products for people in need. If you want more information or to hear the songs to cycle to, this week's song was called Everything, 
then visit periodqueen.com.au. Next week, I'll be chatting with the legendary Clementine Ford about the take phase and how to channel fierceness when you're premenstrual into creativity. I remember coming away from that going, just feeling completely gobsmacked and enriched and full of kind of like this new awareness about my life. And, and I think I've said to you a couple of times since then, you know, oh, I'm in this point. I can tell that I'm in this point of my cycle because I'm feeling all of this creativity and, and I've been able to kind of clock it a lot more now. And P.S., how do you know you've ovulated? I give an introduction to this in my book about the way your body gives you signs, like the changes in your cervical fluid, your temperature. This is the language of your body. There is a bit to unpack, but don't be put off. It's fascinating knowledge, and to know it is your birthright.